Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Okay. <clears throat> I have a confession to make. For the past couple of months, I've developed an addiction that is not very healthy. It came out of nowhere. And at times it has completely taken over uh, what I do during the day, what I talk about during the day. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that goes through something like that. Um, But the most debilitating part about it is that I absolutely love it, desire it, think about it. (laughs) And I know it's not good for me. And I've debated on whether or not to tell you all about it because I I, I don't want you or, or God or anybody else to be, you know, disappointed in me, but I, uh, ministry is a public profession of a private faith, and the ad- addiction that I have developed is a thing called nerd balls. <laughs> if you have never tasted nerd gummy clusters, these are inspired by Satan himself. Okay, these nerd gummy clusters, it's like a like a a a sweet gummy. I'm reading from the package. It's a sweet and gummy inside, tangy and crunchy outside. Right. These things are like crack and meth had a love child. (laughs) Not only do we have them in red. We have them in blue, and if we would have known how good the Easter nerd balls were, I would have bought every one of them in the state, okay? This is a serious, serious addiction. But even though today we're going to talk about an amazingly powerful sermon that Jesus gave, and it wasn't even one of those that, that is like this setting where everybody came. It actually happened between just him and one person to begin with, and then, and then that person left and other people showed up, right? And so, my gosh, it's just an amazing. And this sermon is found in John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Now, in John chapter 4 is the, you may not be able to pick out what story is in John chapter 4 without your Bibles, but it's the story of the Samaritan woman at the well, okay? It is the story of the Samaritan woman at the well. Now, a lot of people don't really, I mean, you hear about Samaritan, you hear about the good Samaritan, the Samaritan woman at the well, but a lot of people don't really understand what Samaria is, okay? So I'm going to try to give you a good indication of, and and, and it's not going to be a great illustration, but imagine wherever you came from, To make it here, you had to walk through Boulder to get here, 
okay? <laughs> yes, yes, that, that. It, like, like Jesus being in Samaria is like, you know, like a conservative Republican doing a, a campaign rally in Boulder. It's not going to go over that great, okay? It's just not. Now, I don't, I don't have anything against Boulder, and Jesus doesn't either. That's why he goes to places like that, unlike some of us. <laughs> I have a hard time with it, but uh, anyway. So, he is in Judea, okay? Now, you hear that word said a lot in Scripture, Judea. What that means is kind of the area around and south of Jerusalem. That is Judea. Galilee is in the northern part of Samaria, or Israel, right? And stuck right in between Galilee and Judea is Samaria, okay? Now, whenever Jesus goes through Samaria on his way back to Galilee, it says this in John chapter 4, verse 3. Eventually, he came to the village of Sychar near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. So Jacob dug this well, okay? Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noon. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. Now, a couple of things to learn about this right here. We're going to be talking today about true nourishment. Nourishment that is not gummy stuff that tastes so good that does nothing for you. As a matter of fact, it probably takes away from you, takes nutrients out of your body instead of putting nutrients in. But in that, when it says Jacob's well was there and Jesus... And I think that it's very telling that the Bible in verse 6 says, and Jesus. So you, so you knew that they weren't talking about anybody else except him. Please, uh, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noon. Now, what does that tell you? And Jesus... Tired from the long walk, sat wearily. Like he had just got done on this big preaching deal, and now they're going back home, and, and he was fighting with the Pharisees around Jerusalem and in Judea, right? This man is weary. Now, I think that's very telling because, you know what? I know that I feel weary today. Had a long week of preparation, and if anything's going to go wrong, it's going to go wrong on a Sunday or whatever, right? I, but God, the reason that this is so powerful is because God knows everything that we go through. When we are weary, when we are tired, when, when we've had a long, long walk, where do we find our nourishment? Where do we find our good stuff. Soon a Samaritan, uh, he sat wearily beside the well about noon. Now, he has sent his disciples onto the village to get something to eat. And he's like, hey, I don't even want to walk out there and then come back here. So, yeah, I'll just go ahead. I'm going to rest here by this well. Well, he knew what he was doing. That does not mean that he was not weary. And that does not mean that he was not tired. 
right? So a woman walked up. Now, why would a woman walk up at noon? Well, it's hot. It's, it's well time. But that's not when water goes. That's not when people go to get water. They go to get water in the morning. They go to get water in the afternoon. It's a real busy time around there. And she was not very well favored even in her Samaritan village. So she goes out there when, no, when she thinks nobody else is out there. In verse 7, soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was a surprise for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, remember, this is a man that is weary this is a man that is tired. And he says, the woman, uh, if you only knew, <laughs> if you only knew, if you only knew. And see, we have the gift of knowing what happened because we can read about it in Scripture. You have to put yourself in this woman's view. She did not know. But Jesus says, if you only knew the gift, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me. That's what Jesus said. You would ask me and I would give it, right? He says, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. <sighs> See, it is a gift from God. And what we don't understand a lot of times is that he knows everything about her because he's God. He's fixing to prove that he knows everything about this woman and he doesn't put any qualifications on it whatsoever, zero. He said, if you knew the gift if you have to work for something, it's no longer a gift. It's a wage, right? He said, if you knew the gift of God that God has for you, and if you knew who you were speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Plain and Simple, plain and simple. She goes, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave, you this, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and animals? And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will, be, will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. 
it becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them. Now, that's hard for us to understand, but there is something that is not very apparent in that verse when it says, a fresh, bubbling spring within them. Did you know that in the Greek, that term that they translate as a fresh bubbling, bubbles don't go down, do they? Bubbles go up. If you turn over to Acts chapter 3, verse 8, the same exact word is used in Acts chapter 3, verse 8. Then Peter took the, this is in verse 7. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. As he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then, walking and leaping and praising God. Did you know that that walking and leaping is the exact term that is used in Acts 3.8 as in fresh bubbling, meaning that there is something inside of us that cannot be, the joy cannot be contained. It bubbles up inside of us and it wants to get out. It leaps for joy. And I think that it's so unfortunate that us as Christians, man, can you imagine being witness to something like that of, of Peter telling a, a lame man to get up and he walks for the very first time? D does he walk around all sad? No, this dude is literally leaping for joy. And the, Jesus uses the exact same terminology for the, what happens to the lame man as he uses for what happens inside of us. John chapter 4. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Right? And then she says, oh my gosh, sir, please, sir, give me this water then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Oh, I need that water right now because I'm about parched. <laughs> Give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get it. Now we get into the part that most people get confused about because so far, Jesus has offered her Everything for what? Nothing. All she has to do is ask. All she has to do is ask. And now what we get to is the part where he tells her everything that he knows about her. Now, don't get me wrong. Jesus has not asked for anything except her faith, right? If you knew the gift that God has for you, and if you knew who you were talking to, you would ask me, and I'd just give it to you. So she says, what must I do to get this water? And then Jesus told her, go get your junk food. 
Go get your junk food. He says, go and get your husband. And she goes, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, you're right. You don't have a husband for you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the one that you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Now he is not adding a qualification to what he had been given. He was trying to point out what was standing in the way of her getting that bubbly life-giving water is you can't put anything else. Nothing else is going to satisfy you. Nothing else is going to satisfy you. Now, what you have to understand is that he understands us. And how many times are we trying to fill, she filled that void in her life with men. And there's nothing wrong with men. <laughs> I'm trying, guys. It's not going out very good. <laughs> Maybe there is something wrong with men, but not man. Amen, right? But what he's saying is, man, you've tried to fill that hole in your heart with so many different things. And I'm telling you, sweetie, see, this is a religious guy. And pardon me for what I'm about to do, but you have to understand this. And I apologize to the people in back, but Jesus isn't pointing his finger he's sitting down and he's grabbing that woman by the hands and he's saying sweetie everything that you've been trying to do is not going to fill you i can imagine him taking her hands this isn't a god trying to condemn her because the bible says jesus's own words in the chapter before for the son of man did not come to the world to condemn it but to save it he is looking to save people from their sins not point them out he's trying to tell us a sin is anything that you try to use to fulfill you other than the life the living waters that jesus christ offers us He's, yes, it is a sin. I mean, we can all see that it is, but he's not condemning her. He's just merely pointing out that you keep looking for fulfillment in the same thing time after time after time. I don't think that it's any, we could probably say here that this is the first biblical example of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. You've had, you've had five husbands, and the one that you live with now is not even in your husband. Not even your husband. The you, way you get this is by understanding that this is the only thing that will fulfill you. The woman replied, I don't have a husband. So Jesus said what he did, and then the woman said this. Now, you have to understand that when Jesus is talking about living water, man, that right there, Isaiah 12, 3, 44, 3, Jeremiah 2, 13, living water was a vastly used expression in the Old Testament. And just because they were Samaritans meant they were half Jews, right? They were not necessarily a pagan people, they were just considered an unclean people. So what the woman says next, she goes, sir, 
you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worship? And Jesus says, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when no, when no longer matter where you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. And he keeps on and on and on. But here's the deal. Why does she ask that question? Why does she start bringing Jews and Jerusalem and where to worship and everything? Because she knew that she was a sinner. She's starting to recognize the truth. And according to the Jewish faith, and these people are half Jewish, what's the only thing that can take away sins in the Jewish faith is a sacrifice. She's asking, where is the sacrifice that will take this sin away from me? Right? And Jesus is saying, pretty soon, it's not here yet because he hasn't died yet. Pretty soon, it's not going to matter where you worship, whether you're in Jerusalem or whether you're in Kiowa or whether you're hoity-toity living up in the mountains now and coming to see the little people. I don't get that opportunity very much. I love y'all. You know I do. It doesn't matter where you worship. Doesn't matter. Very soon. He said, but the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. When true worshipers, true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, the Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. Now, you want to talk about true nourishment? I want you to wrap your heads around something. Man, that verse just comes so easy off the tongue. But right here, the Father is looking for. Listen, there's no other religion in the world. Well, they're all false except this one, but that's just my personal belief. It's part of my faith is to say that. You know, God wants me to because it's the truth. But no other God goes looking to save people. They're always demanding something from somebody to earn something. God is like, you ask me and I'll give it. As a matter of fact, my father is walking around looking for someone to give this gift to. No wonder Jesus called it a bubbling life well that bubbles up in us. Okay. Now, Jesus says, For God, the Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship Him must also worship in the spirit and truth. Then the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming. Like, she knows. She knows the Scriptures. I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When He comes, He will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. And right then, I am the Messiah. Her world changed. Her world changed. You want to go from junk food to true spiritual food? It's going to take 
what happens next. I am the Messiah. Why are you talking to her? Then, the Jesus, then Jesus said his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what are you doing talking to her? But right here in verse 28, the woman left her jar beside the well and ran back to the village. Now, why did she go out to that well? To get water. And what did she do with her water bucket? She left it right there. No wonder Jesus told the rich man, when the rich man says, what must I do to inherit the life in Jesus, you know, to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, keep all the commandments, follow the law. And the guy said, well, I've already done all that. And Jesus said, yeah, but one thing you still lack. Sell everything you have, give it to the poor and come and follow me. Isn't it crazy that a Samaritan woman did just that? She was tired of junk food in her life. She wanted spiritual water that was going to nourish her, that was going to make her jump up and down and, you know, whoo, it's great, right? That's what we're all looking for. The woman left her water beside her jar beside the well and ran back to the village. She must have been doing a lot of cardio because, I mean, like, I ain't doing that. Like, I, I'm going to have asthma before I run back. Well, I've been doing some cardio. I might be able to run back to the village now if it was, you know, about where Daryl's sitting. <laughs> the woman left her jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see the man who told me everything I did. Meanwhile, the disciples came back. You know, those 12 really religious people that had studied seminary and all of that. No, these were no account fishermen. These were people that had left their nets beside the boats to go and follow Jesus, just like he said, come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And now the real sermon takes place. We talked about the gift of God. If you, all you'd have to do is ask and I'd give it to you. He puts no qualifications on it. Now he did say there are some things that are keeping you from experiencing it, but it's yours for the taking. Use it. And then the disciples came back. Now remember, Jesus is still weary. He's still tired. And they try to offer him something to eat. And Jesus said, I have the kind of food you know nothing about. And <laughs> maybe it's the way they wrote back then, but I, I just find it funny that they say, uh, did somebody bring him food while we were gone? Did you ever think Jesus went? <laughs> Dear Lord in heaven, I know that these guys are, they mean well. But they dumb. <laughs> they can be dense. Just like us, right? We, we do the same thing. We miss the point. We miss the point. So they, 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 what kind of food do you have? Right? Jesus explained, my nourishment, now this is where we start growing. Now, you know we can't live without water, right? But where does our nourishment comes from? This is what Jesus said, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God. Doing the will of God. Do you remember what he said time and time again? Not my will, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? 
My job, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying? Well, I'm not going to go into all that. But then he says this, the harvesters, you know they say four months between planting and harvesting, but I say wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe. So basically, this is what Jesus is saying. He's like, listen, cowboys, here's what I want y'all to do. I want y'all to go out and gather some cattle. And we're like, all right, where are we going to find them? And Jesus goes, they're everywhere. What do you mean, where am I going to find them? They're like, literally, there's one standing right there and right there and right there. Oh my gosh, do I have to paint this out for, you know, not, not to y'all, but Jesus is probably saying that. But then he says this, the harvesters are paid good wages and the fruit that they harvest is people brought to eternal life. Now we don't do the saving, but Jesus is saying, if you truly want your soul to be refreshed and renewed, go out and Tell somebody about me. Let them see that life welling up and bubbling. Sure, that, you know, that doesn't mean that we're not going to have hard days and bad days and blah, blah, blah. But it's still there bubbling if we can hold on to it and not get a bunch of junk food on top of it. And then this is where we close. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant, others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. Many Samaritans from the, from the village, now Jesus goes over to the village, right? Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because of the woman. She, the first thing she did, she did not keep this secret quiet. She forgot everything else. She left everything she owned, left it at the well, and knew where her nourishment would come from. And that was telling others. She couldn't stop it. What is the junk food in your life that is keeping you from doing that? What, what, what kind of nerd balls is keeping you from doing what God told us to do? He says, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God and from finishing his work. Listen, God has called you to something. And let me ask you, are you finished with that work yet? Or let me ask you a different question. Do you even know what that work is? Because Jesus told us in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, go out into the world and make disciples of all men and all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey what I've commanded. Get rid of the junk food in your life. If you're looking for true spiritual nourishment, if you're thirsty, get, this, get the one that will never make you thirsty again. Everything else out there is going to leave you wanting, except for this. What kind of junk food do you have that is keeping you from telling others about Jesus? And I assure you, he has called every believer to do that. I didn't say he called every believer to do it the same way as Kevin does it, or the same as Ty does it, or Cammie, or anybody else, right? 
Not saying that the methods are the same, but the goal is the same. It is our duty to go out and tell people about Jesus Christ. And if you're not, man, I tell you, is it the, fi is it the five husbands? Is it the five wives? Is it the nerd balls? Is it the bass boat? Is it the horse trailer? What is keeping you from finishing the work that God has called you to do? And I promise you the work that he calls us to do a lot of times isn't something like, well, God called me to ride horses by myself out in the pasture. No, he didn't. <laughs> That's your want. That's your junk food. That's your junk food. Our job is to be around people. Our job is to tell people what it is. And I'm telling y'all right now that as funny as we can talk about nerd balls, we've all got some nerd balls, man. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. What's your nerd balls? What's your junk food? What's standing in the way of you and living water and the nourishment that can only come from not only doing the will of God, because that's what Jesus said, from doing the will of God and from finishing the work that he has me doing. So it's one thing just to be doing the will of God, but are you willing to finish it? Because I know a lot of you feel like Jesus. You're tired, you're weary, but you know what? You're also here. You're also here. And it's amazing the gift that is given if you will just ask. Get rid of the junk food in your life. Find that salvation that is only available through Jesus Christ and do the will of God and finish the work that he has started. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for this time together. And God, I pray not just for myself, but for everybody else that we would refocus on what your will is and help us to finish this task that you started. God, there's not a single person that is here by accident. There's nobody that's listening by accident. God, you are the Almighty. And we need your water and your food to be spiritually nourished. God, get us that good feed so that our feet can get out there and spread that good news. And it's in Jesus' name I pray.